We are in the Sermon on the Mount, which is this amazing passage sermon that we get to look at together. It's Matthew chapter 5. We, we, we did a little introduction last week, but I, I tremble to even go into it with you today because of the depth of what's going on. You know, and we set that up. I hope you saw from last week this arguably the biggest event in all the scriptures up until this point was the giving of the law where Moses went up, right, on Mount Sinai. And, 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 and God had taken his people out of Egypt. He'd taken them through the waters there of the Red Sea. He'd taken them into the wilderness, brought them to the mountain, and then Moses went up. And he went up alone because everyone was so scared of what was going to happen. It was fearful to them that God might strike him dead if he got too close. And, and I hope you saw last week where you see the amazing truth that Matthew's gospel, he puts that right there in parallel. Jesus in Egypt, brought out of Egypt. He's taken in Matthew's gospel through the waters of baptism. He's put out into the wilderness with, with the temptation 40 days and 40 nights. And then he calls the 12, like the 12 tribes to him. The disciples call. And, and, and then here in Matthew 5, he goes up on the mountain, the hill. And it's so different than the Old Testament in this one amazing thing. He gathers all the people around him. God in their midst. This amazing son of God who's going to speak. And, and, and the words there, because you think about the law, right? And think about the Ten Commandments and the tablets that were taken down. It's like the most important thing you've ever known. I mean, it shaped Israel's history. For a thousand years, did they keep these laws or not keep these laws? And, and not just the Ten Commandments, the book of Leviticus. All of it. God's plan for relationship with them laid out. And here we have our opening where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, speaks in the place of Moses interpreting the law, telling us, and we ought to have this stone cold, like this is, this is the relationship we have with God, and, and what does it mean, and how is it? And, and, and so I approach this with some trembling, but also with this, what does he say? So we start that today. And we're starting with the first things he opens his mouth and speaks there. And, and, and we're starting with what? Because <laughs> it's the Beatitudes. The blessings. His first words are not commandments. They are crafted, beautiful blessings. God is at work. Let's, let's just read. I just want to read through them with you so you get to see them. Here they are. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, well, 
great. Amen? Let's go eat. No, that's not it, right? What, what, what it, these wash over us. What are they? I think, you know what I think when I read these? Maybe you do too. I think I've got my marching orders. Here they are, my, my things I'm going to accomplish. Did you hear them? Be humble, be mournful, maybe over your own sin. Be meek and mild. That doesn't mean weak. Be, be a little justice seeker. Be, be merciful, be pure in heart, be a peacemaker. And then God will bless you. I mean, that's where the blessings are, right? You know me. I say that to you, and then I say, then I need a buzzer. You know, like the family feud. Arrgh! Why? Well, for a couple things you need to see. This needs to get into our hearts today. The first thing right away is these are all passive verbs. There's no command anywhere in here. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, comes, and the first thing he opens up about these blessings that are happening, that, that's important, these are given to you. The second thing is if you look a little more closely, like you actually look at what's being said, it gets a lot more uncomfortable. I got problems with that approach because God comes down and everyone gathers around and he proclaims these blessings that at least as you start them, they seem crazy. That's me talking in my flesh. I know they're not crazy. This is God speaking. Blessings for all these things that I, I, I really try not to be. Blessings for you, you know, how happy, how blessed are you when you're spiritually poor? But how blessed, I, I, I strive not to be spiritually poor. I try to be moral and upright and good and, and, and have some sort of goodness around me. I strive not to have loss. I strive not just for the concept of I want goodness, I accomplish goodness, righteousness. I, I don't want to have to forgive. I want to have justice for me. I mean, sure, I want to be pure of heart and peacemaker, but honestly, I'd rather people be clear with me and peaceful towards me. And, and I don't get me started that getting punched in the face is good. That's the last couple. So Matthew really... It, 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 something's off. How do I treasure these? How do I get amazed by these? Why do they, how do they get into my heart? And, and, and Matthew sets them all off with the first one, really. Right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, are the first words Jesus says. I'm tempted to make this all soft. What does that mean? Oh, how blessed are the humble people. Be humble, little children. God will bless you. That is not what he means. That's me changing it because I want to make it something, something for me to do, something a ladder for me to climb is, is I can work on being a little more humble and then God will bless me. That, that's not. He proclaims, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he means morally bankrupt. Blessed when you got nothing spiritually. Well, what do you, how can you even say that? Well, he has a parallel statement, you know. Jesus does, it was the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. Let's look at that just for a minute, just, just for kicks. Here it is. Jesus lifted his eyes on his disciples. He said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. What did God drop in the Sermon on the Plain? Spiritually, 
So what he says there in Luke, and he backs it up by blessed are you who weep, blessed are you who are hungry. There's no spiritualness to it. It's just blessed and you got nothing. How happy are you when you have nothing? I mean, I mean, Alan said it earlier, man. We, we, that's not America. I'm happiest when I got stuff. Preferably lots of stuff. Right? And, and then I'll share a little to be a good person and not be spiritually bankrupt. But, but the reality is, it's not about being poor. If that's our marching orders, I'm in trouble. Right? That, that's, that's the thing. So here's this first one again. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the thinking of heaven. The parallel there is that you've got nothing spiritually. Not that you're humble, like self-effacing, like, oh yeah, the little you know, humble brag we do. That's nowhere around here at all. It is about you actually saying, I've got nothing spiritually. I'll use the word morally bankrupt. You actually sin a lot because that's who you are. And God, who just appeared on the Sermon on the Mount, like Moses going up, and he says, hey, how amazingly blessed, how happy are those who are morally bankrupt? I object. I do, I object, I don't like that, I don't want that. that, that cannot be right. He is saying something offensive to me and wrong to my sense of what should be. I want Dax's Beatitudes. What are they? Blessed are the spiritually strong. Blessed are the disciplined. Blessed are those with the right attitudes, the right work ethic, the right actions. Dax's beatitudes are be at these attitudes. Be a good kid. And I, Dax, will bless you. Okay, I'm waiting for the lightning bolt, right? That's because I make all the blessings that, that, that I are things that I deem praiseworthy. Instead of putting my eyes on what God does and who he actually is. And that's why we have a Bible. He's not what I think. He's different. So let me just walk you through in in my language to to, to, kind of like, because sometimes it's, the Beatitudes are beautifully crafted. The language is awesome. We should know it. If you want to memorize it, memorize the Beatitudes. They're, they're, they're so balanced. There's, there's exact halfway through the same number of words on the top and the bottom. And it, 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 Jesus just speaks and he speaks in amazing language. But sometimes the language is such that because it's 2,000 years ago, we go like, maybe you miss it. So, so here, l- hear this one. This is the good news of your moral bankruptcy. You will love that you, morally bankrupt, get the gift of heaven. That's the first beatitude. There's good news of your grievous loss because you will love that God himself comforts you. There's good news of of you having defended nothing because you're going to win. There's good news if you're starving for being right and good because you will be so full Good news of of forgiveness because you're going to swim in forgiveness. That there's good news of being true because you will see the truth. That there's good news of being about peace because you know what? That's what God does. And there's actually good news of being punched in the face because you won't stop being about me. You know why that's great news? Because I see it all. And this God. And he's Jesus speaks 
right? And it's on the level of the Ten Commandments. It's that strong. And he says, you can't see rightly. You got trouble seeing. Let me declare the blessing to you. You can't see like I can. You can't see the future. I can. I say, Jesus says, be blown away. Look at what's coming. Every person in the kingdom of heaven is a spiritually bankrupt person, morally a failure. Everyone. My kids, Jesus says, mourn and are doormats and don't have justice on earth. They're losers in every sense of the kingdom here. In the sense of the American ethic, they'll know. That's who gets in. Is this how you see yourself? No, not how I see myself. Usually. But, but wait, Dax, wait. This is the most common response, right? Oh, okay, I, I kind of start to see these amazing statements. Well, if, if that's what it takes, you know, if, if that's what it takes, I'll get after it. Not like that rich young ruler guy who was doing kind of good and Jesus says, yeah, but give away all your stuff. But I, I'll actually do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do that so that Jesus will bless me. I'll get after it. So, you know, okay, so we need to talk about the how of these blessings. How they happen. Is it my effort and good works I can do so that God will bless me? And, 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 and the amazing thing is that, that he isn't commanding action. He, he is not here. He's proclaiming truth and his truth that you cannot see on your own with your eyes. Why? Because we don't have the right heart and we don't have the right glasses. Uh, right? The glasses are, are, are this. And so I want you to get this. Think Sermon on the Mount. I want you to get this. They are descriptive, not prescriptive. This is a big deal. They are descriptive, not pre- I know, big words. Say, oh, Dax, I don't you know. Prescriptive. Yeah, like a prescription, right? Say, hey, hey, if, if the Sermon on the Mount was like a prescription, it'd be like going to the pharmacy and you get your drugs. This is for my wife. <laughs> and then what you need to do is you need to take two of these every day and then for the next Sure, your lifetime. Just do it. Just do it. So prescriptive means you go do these things and then God will give you the results of it, of good health or good blessing or good things. That, that's not what these are. These are descriptive. It means they describe something. Something that exists. That, that's what he's saying, right? We, we, we have trouble with this. We... We want to be prescriptive. We want to take these in and work on them. We want to be like this. This is the ladder to get to God. Go get poor or, or spiritually poor. Go mourn. Go be meek. Go be merciful. Go be a peacemaker because that will get you blessed. And the idea, the idea there, the idea there is God, God is far away. Right? God is far away from me. And so he gave me these, these things to do. And he's going to, from far away, look down and see if Dax will do them. Like, and if you do them, good. And, and then he'll give you these blessings. That would be prescriptive. We're cursed with the view of God that sees him as evaluating our efforts and waiting, hoping for us to do what he says. For many of us, this is a judgment, honestly, because, because Jesus values the things I hate. Poverty and loss, 
and unfulfillment and weakness and losing. You're asking me to go towards that? I guess God will take in the super Christians. No, this is descriptive. What, what does that mean? Well, it's of who is God's, and it's those who have crashed and burned. You, you didn't, you didn't want to be poor in spirit. You are. You don't want to mourn. Who wants to mourn? You will. What? This, is, this is Jesus saying these things happen to you. In many cases, it is you, but you won't look because you and I, we insist on acting strong when we're morally as bankrupt as anyone else. We want to act like we're at least strong, but we don't realize God sees it all, right? And we are this way. Our value system in God's economy is so different than the world's. It's common sense, right? He turns it on its head. It's counterintuitive. And most people assume in the world that, you know, God's for the clean and the competent and, and the wrong, why are they wrong? Because it's about God who acts. The actor is who? God. It changes everything. I, I, I want you to see that as we go. It's, it's absolutely amazing. You can just go down the list. Everything this world values is turned around. And so much of the world values exist in our own hearts. We use the Bible to twist stuff around. Yeah, but what about, just die, would you? Realize the amazing wonder of God come down to earth and he opens his mouth and he tells you about the heart of God. He tells you something about who God is and who we are. We find hope in Christ because we have no other hope, right? So, so this is... This is what will happen because the how is God will do it. It's, he's doing it now. You won't do it. You won't get to heaven. He will give it to you if you have it at all. So the, the how is that God does it in Christ. There's no if then here. If you would just be humble, then God will bless you. If you would just be meek, then, then God will will bless you if you would be a peacemaker if you would whatever get more merciful you know like a virtue list of how to get blessed by god there is no be at this attitude in the beatitudes in order to get a blessing it is describing a reality the reality of god who does give to the unworthy whoa full stop the only one you can really make even slightly differently in this list, because, because I'm going, going to go pretty fast through these, we're speaking of them as a whole, what he's doing, is, is, is the mercy one, right? Like, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. There, there, there's something there, and it's so interesting and important that Jesus is going to bring it up again. We're going to talk lots about mercy later, because everything's about mercy. You receive mercy. Mercy itself is this idea that you don't earn it. And, and it's an amazing statement. But, but have you heard of this God? Have you heard of him? I mean, who brings pagan Gentiles into his family without them becoming a Jew or getting circumcised or anything like that? Have you heard of this God who embraces the icky son who wants him dead? Luke 15. 
Have you heard about this God who, who forgives those who crucified him, who, 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 who had tax collectors and prostitutes around him? That's who he had dinner with. Who loves the sinner and heals the disease and gives sight to the blind, none of whom deserved it for one second. Well, ducks, how do you know? That's the question of someone who really wants to earn it. This is the news being announced. That's incredible. He's here. He's here. How amazing the announcement. Like the Ten Commandments, the incredible mercy of God has appeared and is among you. The kingdom I announce, says God in Christ. I am here. What do I do to be near you? Would be my question. Are you kidding me? I'm sitting right here. Like Jesus, so imaging, takes all the people and they all gathered around him. God's in their midst. Did they climb up to see him? No, he came to them. Fabulous. Fabulous. As never before, you are blessed, says Jesus, who are sinning losers. And so get practical with me about why this is so great for you and me. Would you just for a minute? I mean, think through this. Because I am never who I should be. And if I see this announcement as if you do this, I'll bless you, then I can tell you, if that's how you see it, you are not going to make it. You cannot be strong and moral and righteous, not even with his help. God blesses the spiritually bankrupt so that they won't be any more is kind of my take on this in my flesh. But somehow, oh, I'll get the blessing of God when I come to Christ, and now I won't be bankrupt anymore. So therefore what? I won't get the blessing? What was the blessing again? They get heaven. But I was. It doesn't say, God bless those who used to be spiritually bankrupt but aren't anymore. That, that's not the statement, right? The statement is, blessed are those who really are spiritually bankrupt now. Why? Because it's God's pleasure to give you the kingdom that's why being poor is cool, because there's no way you're going to rely at all on your own resource. You don't have any. That's the idea. I work against this in my heart because I don't like it. I try to earn mercy or obtain righteousness by our own hunger for it, you know. I try, and you know... It makes several of them make no sense, and so he changed the meaning. Like, you know, spiritually poor means humble. It's a twist that makes it mean spiritually strong, really, right? If I make that mean God blesses the humble, then, then it's God blesses those who are spiritually strong because humility is obviously a strength spiritually. I just totally changed the meaning. It took just two seconds. But since God does mean that God loves sinners, wow. Why this is great good news, I'm not disciplined enough, but that's the person God saves. I am not lust-free. I am not anger-managed. I am not slimmed down appropriately. I am not any of those things. I'm not marked by kindness all the time. All the things I think curries favor with God, and all of a sudden it's not about favor. God looks right through me and says, you know what, spiritually bankrupt one? You're the kind of person I save. Oh. Oh. 
not the Jewish law keeper, not the circumcised, not the well put together, but the hypocrite, the immoral, the tax collector, the prostitute, the blind, the lame, the leper, because the how is that Jesus will do it. That's the how. It's, it's me, Jesus says, not you. How blessed you are that you get to experience this all the way through. These are all passive. They are not accomplishments. They are statements of how Jesus will act. And in God's economy, only the sick are healed. You're all sick. And in God's economy, only the disgraced receive grace. Only the sinner is saved. Only the dead are made alive. And so Jesus says, I didn't come to save the righteous and the strong and the able. I came to save the weak and the unrighteous. And the point is, we're all weak and unrighteous and we all need him. Will you see it? This incredible Christ. Will you put down the burden because he's light? It's not a picture of what we should do. It's a picture of who Jesus is. Don't you define him. Let him define himself. Oh, how blessed you are when you're spiritually bankrupt. I give those kind of people heaven. That's fantastic news. I want to think it through one more time with you and think about who. Why? Because the the blessing that we should see as God incarnate comes to the mountain and he's in the position of Moses giving the law, but he's gathered the people around him and they get to hear this amazing blessing of who God is. Would you see they don't know? Sometimes you don't know who God actually is. And so he starts this way. It's an exposition of who God is. Would you listen to it like that? Let me go through them and, and, and hit them with you that way. What do I mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So how blessed are you, terrible sinners? Yours is the kingdom. How? How is that? Because Jesus, who's God, will give it to them. This is exposing the heart of God, right? I don't think God's like that. I think he he should give to the really good people. And he doesn't. God says God's heart is, is is to give the kingdom of heaven to those who have nothing Man, maybe I'll qualify. And then, by the way, as he says that, God's sitting right there. Jesus is sitting in the midst of them. I'm the one who will do it all for you. And he's telling them that. Here's the next one. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Oh, blessed are those who suffer crazy loss, right? They shall be comforted. How, how are they going to be comforted? Jesus will comfort them. Oh, that God might hug you and you will know why things happen and how things happen and, 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 and it will be a comfort because God himself will be your comfort. Amazing. He's sitting right there. The one who sees and will experience and will have loss too, even the loss of his life. Blessed are the weak, right? Uh, you say, no, Dax, it's meek. It's strength under control. No, that's not, that's not what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, blessed are those who don't look like they have any strength. Right? I, if I was going to use a modern English, I would say Doormat. Blessed are the doormats. They're not blessed. Stand up and fight, man. 
Now Jesus says, how blessed, right? They shall inherit the earth. Why is, that, why, why is that there like that? I'll tell you why. It's not so you might try and be meek. It's because you might see a man as we're walked upon and people are walked upon and you don't fight and you have no ability to get the win. Jesus says, you're going to inherit the earth. What's that? Winning. You're going to get lots. Who's going to do that for them? Okay, it's Sunday school answer. You can try. Jesus. Jesus will do that for them. He will give them the earth. Why? Because he is amazingly strong. He wins. He wins through losing. He's God. He does it all. And he says, hey, I will give you. And he's sitting right there amidst them. This is so fabulous. This is the heart of God for people. He says, I see it all. This is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. It's fabulous. Blessed are you if you're starved, right? You hunger and you thirst for righteousness. That's goodness. Because because they'll be satisfied. How will they be satisfied? Because Jesus is going to flood them with the only righteousness there is, which is him. He's sitting right there. He's saying that it's true. It's not go be hungry so you'll get it. It's, you know what, these longings, I see them, and I'm for you, a thousand percent for you. Amazing, right? The blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You see how this one is a really tough sell if you're in the other, because all of a sudden it's like, wait, the merciful means that you are forgiving. Why do you need forgiveness? You're being really good. No, Jesus says, Hey, as you see that wonder that it's all about forgiveness, the real thing is that I am forgiving you. That's the receiving mercy, right? Not not from the people they forgive because they still need forgiveness. Christ is giving it to them. Those who step into the light, who agree with God about who they are, they're spiritually bankrupt. God gets them into his presence. He's standing there. Those who let go, who don't hold into themselves, Jesus let it go. He's incredibly about shalom, about peace, the peacemakers. God says, I will be your peace. That's what I'm about. You know, you're going to be son of God. I'm giving that to you because I'm really the peacemaker. He just keeps going. These are an amazing exposition of the heart of God when you receive it. And then finally this. Would you look at this for me just for a second? This is the end in in verse 10 of chapter 5. It says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, and and now read the next verse. It's like, man, this is tough, right? Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for reward is great in heaven for so they persecute the prophets who were before you. This sounds like, wow, you know, finally he got to you. He's been talking about them and them and them and now he switches to you. But the real link that you gotta see, this is God speaking. Did you catch it? Look again at verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Look at verse 11. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute, utter all accounts of evil against you for me. What is he saying? I am the righteousness. 
right? That's the parallel statement. Blessed are you when people persecute you for righteousness. Blessed are you when people persecute you on my account. This is God talking, and the goodness you're going to have is Jesus right there. It's right in front of your face because he is the goodness. And guess what? He's alive, and he's sitting right there among them. And that is the blessing of your life that he came. That's 2 Corinthians 5. Very similarly, it says, Paul writes, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. How blessed are you when people beat you up because of me? Why? Because I'm the righteousness. Guess what? I see it all. God sees it all. He won't let it stand forever. There is a kingdom coming. There is a future coming. There is a God who exists, and your life is in his hands, and your heart that you get from him is that he adores you, not because you can climb higher, you can be moral, or you can be good, because in Christ it is his good pleasure to give it to you. Oh, rejoice, little kids. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay. These are some of the most amazing verses in all of the Bible. They are. We don't know them as we should or we memorize them, but we don't get their meaning. But especially as you see their parallelism to the Ten Commandments that Matthew sets up for us. The giving of the law that shaped all of Israel. Oh, may this sermon from the lips of God shape us. God himself is sitting on the mountain, gathering all around him, not in fear, in love, his love, and we see how he sees us and who he is, and the blessings are not something to attain to. They describe who his kids are and that he knows you. This is a quote from a commentary just to, just to land. Jesus' opening beatitudes were all meant to describe people in miserable situations. Isn't that us? They were not intended as descriptions of persons with praiseworthy spiritual dispositions. Paranesis, that's a big word for ethics, is not the only way to have religious value. Do you know why you have value? Because you're loved by the king. The blessedness of which Jesus speaks is attached precisely to situations that the world judges disastrous. So primarily undesirable situations and hard lives and only secondarily humble attitudes and desirable dispositions. It's not like the Bible says, be bad. You don't need to be bad, be good. The law isn't ugly, it's beautiful. The problem is you, you're not beautiful because you don't keep the law like that. It's too high for you. We're going to see it. That's where we're going. This is so important. There are not levels to aspire to. Jesus Christ crucifies morality. He changes your life. There's no ladder to climb, but be blessed because Jesus is here. They're they're a blessing. It is a blessing that God in Christ will act. For who? For you. He goes to the cross. He, He rises from the dead. He lives today for you. Jesus Christ is alive right now. He sees it all, right? He came down and he forgives you full stop. Not so you will improve, not so you will get better, not so you can leverage him to a more successful American life. 
But because your life is not successful except in his blessing, which he does for you, here are the Beatitudes. <laughs> Yahoo! Wish it wasn't a website. Will you receive the gift? You spiritually bankrupt people. Not to be non-bankrupt, but, but because he forgives and he loves you and he gives you his kingdom, we worship and we receive and we rejoice because he is for us, broken sinners, of which I am chief. So glad to be here with you, with Jesus. And if you don't know this, Jesus, or you think you're not there, come talk to me. It's so amazing what we get. We get forgiveness full and free. It's amazing. I want it forever. I want to rejoice. I want to sing songs. But what we're going to do is pray. Would you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the wonder of you for us, these blessings you declare to us who are nothing. Lord, forgive me that I think I'm strong when I'm weak, that I praise my own mercy and my own peacekeeping, my own little things I do like they're great gems of wonder. Forgive me, Father. Help us to put our full trust in you. Jesus, thank you that you do use us, that there are good works we get to do. Thank you, Jesus. So amazing that you would use us broken people. But Lord, how we trust in the blessing that you have and the action you have and the power you have for us today. And we give you our thanks and our praise. Jesus, in your precious name, amen.